millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That with me, Josh Hallam. And me, Alice Oliver. This is the podcast where we talk about films that we think are underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about them. We're also going to get stuck into some classic films that one of us maybe hasn't seen and maybe throw in some great guests along the way. So, we'll start, as we do every week, with a random question. Alice, do you still have any of your childhood toys? Josh, yes, I do. I have quite a lot of them. For some reason, I get, like, I've got, like, quite a strong emotional connection to, like, teddies and soft toys. Anything that's, like, soft and cute or has got really big eyes. So I've still got quite a few. My mom tells me all the time, like, you need to chuck these away. Like, you're 31 years old now. You need to get rid of these. You're not a child anymore. And I just can't do it. The oldest one I've got, I got from my uncle, my mom's brother. I think it was either when I was born or, like, on my first birthday. And it's this big white bear. Well, it was white. And now it's like... <laughs> Back a, in the day. Like, now it's like a weird brown beige because of, you know... 31 years of grossness. Um, but yeah, I'm just attached to him. I don't know why. And like, I've got loads of Sonic the Hedgehog toys as well and like tails and knuckles and stuff. And like, I just can't bring myself to get rid of them. Are these at your house or at your mum and dad's? No, they're in my house. As you yeah. say, because if they're at your mum and dad's and you've already said in the in previous episodes that you've moved, they've moved several times. That's brilliant. If you, you've yeah. been taking it with them. Can you imagine if I'd made them do that? It's like, don't you dare chuck them away. It's like, Alice, we're the ones who have to move it. No, they're in my house. They're quite, I don't like have them on display or anything. They're sort of down the side of a drawer hidden by a dressing gown or whatever. Because I realise it's ridiculous. I just can't bring myself to check them out. What about you? Um, no, not really. Do you know, like, do your parents have like stuff like plates and cutlery that they that, that you, they just will not throw out? But it's like, I think I've still my mum and dad have still got like plates and stuff from when I was little. Mm-hmm. Things like you know, little plates with like Peter Rabbit on it or whatever oh. that they haven't chucked away. But mm-hmm. I, but because they, I suppose they've never had any reason to. So but that's not necessarily mine. It's just because it's been used for each sibling or whatever has mm-hmm. been handed down. In terms of my own stuff. Um, I'll tell you what I do have. For my 30th, um, my parents found my Pokemon cards. Ooh. Yeah, in the loft. So I've got them. Um, Are they worth anything? I think so. I've been meaning to sell them. Um, But I I I haven't got around to it. (laughs) 
You know what? You know, the other day, and this really annoyed me, I was out, we were out buying a Nintendo Switch and there was, we were in CEX and they had the Sonic 3 uh, Mega Drive cartridge and box mm. that they were selling for 30 quid. Wow. And I was like, I'd had, I had all those games like up until yeah. very recently. I had all the Sonics. I had a few like other ones that were for the Mega Drive. And I was like, ah, oh, never going to use these again. Might as well bin them. I didn't even think. I never for one second did I think the cartridges would come back. But like retro consoles are quite back now, aren't yeah. they? And people yeah. like to have like, so they're not just playing it on Xbox or on PC or whatever. Oh, Mr. Trick there. Oh yeah, you should definitely <laughs> sell your Pokemon cards, mate. If anyone wants to buy some Pokemon cards... Uh, get in touch. Do you know if you've got a Charizard? I've got a shiny Charizard. Have you? Yeah. A shiny, I've got a shiny Charizard, Blastoise and Venus. Oh my goodness. I've got them to show you, show you them in a bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've heard that the Charizard is worth like serious money. It's hard to, it's hard to decipher what they're worth because they're all, it depends on things like shadows and different things on the cards. Oh, interesting. So that's yeah. why I haven't sold them is because it's it's not as simple as like, oh, this is worth a load of money. I'll just sell it on eBay. You have to like really investigate mm -hmm. what it is. So at some point, I will probably put a, a weekend day aside and investigate it, but I just haven't got around to it yet. And you can share the profits with your team at Just Films and That Podcast. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> So, this week's film uh, is another listener's suggestion. It's Johnny Mnemonic, uh, which I hope I'm saying right, from 1995. Uh, Alice, so, this was picked, am I right in thinking, by Sam of All Trades on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, so, what did Sam say? So, Sam wrote in and said, Hi, my name is Sam Maskell. I'm an American French born in Istanbul, grew up all over the world, lived in Phoenix, and now lives in LA. Sam said, I like this movie because it's a beautifully dated depiction of the future with a very wild concept and a quite colourful cast. Takeshi Kitano and Udo Kier to Ice-T, Henry Rollins, Dolph Lundgren, and the acting is pretty bad for me, but it works. <laughs> you can totally see Neo before The Matrix in Keanu's performance. But yeah, I like movies from this era, Virtuosity, Strange Days, etc. And it definitely has an ambiance. Um, and I was keen to go with this because, you know, Keanu Reeves was in it and it was one of his that I hadn't heard of. Also interested to see Henry Rollins performing because I know him as a member of the band Black Flag, but I didn't know he was an actor. I didn't know that, you know, films were something mm. that he was doing as well. So the film is about Johnny, who's uh, played by Keanu Reeves. So Johnny Mnemonic is, it's a Canadian-American cyberpunk action thriller directed by Robert Longo, starring Keanu, Ice-T, Henry Rollins, and a few other familiar faces. And it's based on the story of the same name. So Keanu plays Johnny, a man with a cybernetic brain implant designed to store information, usually top secret stuff about the mega corporations that have taken over the world. He gets caught up in a situation between a group of scientists and a corporation with precious information in his head and is then hunted by them so they can retrieve the data. So he gets on a he goes on a bit of an escapade trying to evade these people who want to kill him and is helped along the way by rogue doctors, bodyguards, and a group of people living on the fringes of society. Then towards the end, he finds out that the secret info stored in his head is a cure for a disease that has run rampant across the globe, NAS or nerve atten attenuation syndrome. We're learning lots of new words today. <laughs> Um, and it turns out that the corporation Pharmacom didn't want this info to get out there because, of course, they were profiting massively off people's misery and eventual death. Had you heard of this one, Josh? I had. So, oh, yes. so I'd heard of this one because um, 
do you remember back in the day when you had VHSs? Indeed, I do. And um, they'd have trailers on them oh, like yes. you were at the cinema. And I think I had a VHS and this trailer was on it. Ah, interesting. So that's, but that's all I knew. That was so it, I, yeah. I, I knew the basic idea of he's a man who whose job it is is to carry information in his head as a sort of a courier type thing and that it was set in the future um, or, or actually set in 2021. 2021. But not only is it set during 2021, <laughs> it's set in 2021 during an epidemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was sort of um, quite close to home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but that's all I knew about it. What about you? No, nothing. No, like no info about it. Hadn't even heard of it. And I had tons of VHSs in the 90s and I don't remember ever seeing this as a trailer for one. So yeah, no, fun to go in blind. What did you what did you make of it then, like first impressions? So going into it, I think it, it was okay. it was all right. It had some good ideas in it and there was lots to like. I really liked the representation of the future because I quite like back to what Sam was saying, that idea of like it's a dated version of the future. I quite like going seeing films like this or something like Back to the Future 2 where it's like what they thought the future in 20, 30 years was going to be and it's, you know, it's like a crap version of what it actually is. Um, so I like that. I liked, there was some really good ideas in it that I think probably came from the book. So like the idea of like technology poisoning people. So the whole idea of this epidemic that, 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 is, that is happening in the world is that people are addicted to technology, but they can't give it up because we're so reliant on it. And it's actually given them sort of like a, like a technology overdose type thing, isn't it? So it's, it's, it's in this world where, you know, people have, um, loads of cybernetic implants in their head and on their body and stuff like that. Um, so I quite like that. Some some of the good ideas in it, like um, this idea that you can, there's a character in it who can, who has uploaded their consciousness to a computer after they've died. So I quite like that. I mean, like I said, a lot of it comes from the book, um, which I haven't read. Um, I, I liked the look of it as well. There was a lot of like comic booky sort of gore and it looked a lot like... Um, like a manga, is that right? A manga, like mm -hmm. a Japanese an anime type mm -hmm. thing. Um, so I liked that. I liked um, things like the visual representation of the internet. There's a visual, like, it's, it's like, it's almost like a sort of cheesy video game. Um, it's very campy. It's very um, sort of kitsch in places. Like, again, like Sam Sam said um, in, the, in the notes, that it's, uh, that all the actors are really hamming it up and and really like there's some like the, the villains in it there's at least two villains are so scenery chewing but it it worked for me in the film like i didn't i didn't i didn't mind that and um, it reminded me a lot of things like demolition man mm. um and the main one it reminded me of is was judge dread Mm -hmm. It's obviously made in the same year. The, the, the Stallone Judge Dredd, not the one from like 2012 or whatever. Um, because, but I actually think, thinking about it, that the, the video I had with the trailer on was Judge Dredd. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. But it looks really similar in the way that everything's quite clunky, but it's set in the future. Um, lots of really great sort of um, cheesy action movie dialogue in there. Um, so that, like there's a bit where Keanu Reeves is, is fighting a, a bald guy, and he just says something like, next time, knock baldy, or something I've like that. I've literally written the same line oh, down in my notes. And I was like, yeah. oh, I was just chuckling away at that. And, and it, it is really campy, and it is really over the top, but I, I didn't mind it. I, what about you? What did you sort of, what did you like about it? I mean, very similar to everything you just said. And like you say, about the things being kind of over the top, because it is so, like, it, 
because everything about it is so over the top and so extreme, like the costume, the setting, the location, the, the like the way the whole thing is designed, it all just kind of works together. Obviously, there's some, you know, some issues with the acting that we'll get onto. Yep. But it wasn't enough to throw me out of the film, I think, because of because of the world that they'd created. Like mm. some of the costumes were crazy. Mm. Like you get these bodyguards who are kind of protecting. Is it Ralphie who is Johnny? So Keanu Reeves is uh, like handler. Yeah, he's like a handler and agent yeah. or something, isn't he? So you've got these bodyguards that are protecting him and they're just like done up to the nines with this like really extreme makeup. And there was like a lot of work gone into the costumes and to the whole design of it. Like so many gadgets and stuff, mm. so many props. I bet the props guy like seriously had his work cut out for him. Like nothing really looked familiar. Like, you know, you can kind of, yeah, all right, there's a few buildings or, you know, the way that kind of, they've sort of depict the internet that kind of looks familiar but it was all very designed like they mm. didn't just leave anything up to chance it all obviously come out this guy's brain or been described very well in the book um i really like the uh, the visualization of when you were like downloading something or like when johnny was i think it's when he's like downloading information into his brain or people are trying to access the information in his brain or something you get these like mad visuals of I guess what it would be like to be in the internet. I don't know if you've seen the Futurama episode where they go into the internet, but oh. but there's, they do that, and it's like you know what what would you imagine the internet to look like if you went in there? And that's kind of what that was, and that's kind of what they managed to do with these like really quick cuts. Kind of makes you feel like you're falling a little bit, and the visuals and the sounds and like kind of cut in with sometimes this sort of archive looking footage or, or like archive footage of cartoons and stuff. So it was quite interesting and it was quite manic. Um, the cheesy one-liners, yeah. There was a few of them that made me laugh, and obviously being delivered by Keanu Reeves as well. It's just yeah, a bit like, oh my yeah. goodness. Um, I like that it's it's from a more innocent age when they didn't really quite know what the internet was going to be. So mm. back, so that then it was all just sort of like communications and emails. Now visual visual reputation of the internet, racism and porn. Well, yes, exactly. You just have to go on Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Um, I re I do really like the concept. I like the whole, you know. The, the sort of obsession and the importance around data, the evilness of, you know, the giant corporations that have taken over yeah. the world and they're essentially responsible for, you know, people dying and stuff. You know, pharma, Pharmacom, is it like Pharmacom? It's like, I mean, just like given what, obviously what we're just very aware of it now, especially, you know, over in America, like how just sort of horrendously greedy and evil these big pharma companies mm. can be. And it's just kind of really like hitting that home, isn't it? It's like the evil of the future. It's not some alien. It's not some, you know, unknown thing. It's literally just guys who want tons of cash. Yeah, it makes, it makes a really interesting point about both technology, reliance on technology, but then also, well, pharmacology, the, the pharmacology industry, like you say, and, and how they, you know, they're almost an oxymoron because they're there to help people get better, but not, but, but for the right price, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, there was one moment where Johnny disguises himself. I can't remember exactly why he was disguising himself, but like obviously these people are hunting him. So I think he just like throws on this disguise to kind of escape. And it's a hat that's got like fake hair attached to it. And then he puts on this massive trench coat. <laughs> and I was just like, and again, you think like, Similar to Minority Report, in, in given how technology is advanced and stuff, they'd be able to find you. Like, yeah. your, your hat and hair disguise is not going to help you here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's quite, it's quite funny, <laughs> it's when, funny you, when, you, when you see films from back in the day that are depicting the future and they quite... what One thing they hadn't quite got their heads around or what a lot of them hadn't got their heads around was that technology would become more mobile. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's all like... 
it's still computers, but it's still desktop computers. And although mobile phones were around when this was made, no one or this film or a lot of films certainly don't predict that everyone would have a little tiny smartphone in their pocket that, you know, could do everything. And like you say, would just track you. (laughs) Yep, yep, definitely. I like um, some of the Eastern influences. Obviously, I think, does quite a big chunk of it take place in Beijing or is it all in Beijing? Um, Well, it's it's a little bit confusing, isn't it? Because he... It's it's certainly in Beijing at the beginning. He mentions Tokyo, but then he mentions Newark, which I think is in oh, New course. Jersey. Yeah, yeah, so that's either, where going. I don't know if it's hinting that air air travel is is much quicker. Yeah, maybe or, <laughs> got there in an hour. Yeah, or if that it's like um, it's like one of these places like Judge Dread, where Beijing isn't Beijing. It's just loads of places that are close together that are like like the old cities have become burnt out husks and they've renamed cities. It's not yeah. that clear, which is something I do I do want to come on to. But I, I would probably hedge my bets and say it's that he could travel really fast. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly, right? Why not? Yeah. Um so I quite like that. And then you've got the there's one of the Japanese um he's like what he, he he might be one of the corporation managers or something. There's there were some bits of the film that I wasn't completely like clued up on, but you know we'll we'll get to that. Um, but he has like a really long conversation with this other guy and he's speaking in Japanese and the other guy is speaking in English. Um, and you get this bit like subtitled sequence. And I really like that. I really like subtitles. I like I'm a big fan of um, anime and Japanese subtitles in particular. So I find something really powerful and like really impactful about the Japanese um, about the Japanese language. Yeah. Um, so that was quite nice. And, you you know, you it was kind of almost depicting like this more global like America, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. It's like we have got people from all over because you had like the scientist guys who were kind of one group and then you've got like all these henchmen and all, you know, these bodyguards. It was it was quite diverse, I suppose. It's wasn't a global it? cast, isn't it? Yeah. Something that I did quite like about it as well was it was very fast paced. Mm. Like you were never in one location no. for very long. And because there were so many different groups of characters and and kind of so many locations and so many different types of people involved, you were never with one for very long. Mm. Um, and so the change of location was always very quick. The action was all very quick. So it doesn't really give you a chance to get bored, really. Mm. Mm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see. Well, we'll move, she we'll, says. We'll, we'll move on to talking about dislikes uh, now then. So so was there... Uh, I went first with the likes. So after you, is there anything you particularly disliked or you'd want to change? So this was maybe the worst performance I've seen given by Keanu Reeves. And it, that's even bearing in mind um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which also wasn't good. Um. I just don't know what it is about Keanu. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Like the reason, like I first kind of, you know, discovered him when I discovered Keanu Reeves. (laughs) I first kind of was familiar with him when I see The Matrix. So like I was a young teenager. Obviously he's on screen. He's gorgeous. He's wearing these cool like clothes and boots and sunglasses and he's shooting bad guys and it's like, oh my God, he's amazing. And whatever it is that Keanu does really worked for Neo. And it worked for that character. But when you try and translate that into other things, it sometimes just doesn't work. And he just sometimes looks uncomfortable and like he's not really sure. It's like he just, like he doesn't do method acting. Like he can't really get into the zone of the character. And sometimes it's not as big a deal as other times. Like, I love the replacements as well. The John Wick films are good. Mm. I love Bill and Ted. But the the other weird thing, he's great in Bill and Ted. Doing that, like, young, sort of teenage, goofy kind of guy. Um, But yeah, some of his acting I found really uncomfortable. And we've already touched on, not all the acting was great. But he was the least engaging uh, of, of the performances, I think. Do you think it's because it's such a contrast against the other characters? Do you think it's... So a lot of the other characters are quite wacky and big and melodramatic and he is quite withdrawn and, and a lot more still and a lot more sort of almost measured in his performance. So it's it's a contrast and because they're so out there, he looks wooden. Yeah, maybe. Like maybe. That's, that's something I thought because it's not... I couldn't tell if he was being wooden on purpose because he's this guy who's like all about the job and you know there's 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 bits of dialogue in it that that say things like he has dumped a chunk of childhood memory this is the thing to, isn't to it fill yeah. his, to fill his brain with the job yeah so is it that he doesn't have much of a personality because it's been it's been sort of tampered with or is it that he gives a bad performance because for a while, Keanu Reeves had a reputation for not being a very good actor. And I don't think that's fair. Because the same year he did this, he did Speed. And I think he's great in Speed. He is good in Speed, isn't he? Um, you know, and he's great in The Matrix. That's, you know, four years later. Mm. Um, and like you say, it's almost like he's very good at what he does, but he doesn't do much else. But mm. but I don't think it would be fair to call him a bad actor. But I just, no. there's something I can't put my finger on in this one. Mm. I know, like, I know what you mean. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, there's the bit where um, 
The bit I wrote down that I was like, oh, that's not like... You, know, you think, why has the director not gone if you're trying it this way? There's a bit where um, the character played by Dina Mayer, Jane, who's sort of like along for the ride. He's, he's, she's, a, she's a wannabe bodyguard and she's like looking after him and he says he'll pay her and then eventually, surprise, surprise, she becomes a love interest. Mm-hmm. Does she say something to him like, so have you got parents and stuff? And he like goes back, so you got parents and stuff? Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's meant to be like, you're being nosy. Mm-hmm. And instead of it, you don't believe he's actually annoyed. Mm-hmm. But then there's another bit where he has this big meltdown about wanting to live in a hotel and, and, and wanting to, to um, live the life of luxury. But I just didn't quite buy it. I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you think? Is it, is it the whole thing of the other characters being too wacky? Or is it, is it that he doesn't believe in... The script? Is there a reason? I don't know. I don't know. And I just wonder if maybe the thing that he's trying to do or if he thinks he's portraying himself in a certain way, maybe it just kind of doesn't translate when it comes through the screen Mm. and, and, you know, when the audience is viewing it. Um, But yeah, he is an interesting one, Keanu. I mean, I love him to bits, (laughs) but just... I don't always know what he's thinking, I guess, or Mm. like what his aim is when he is acting. Yeah, it is, a, it is a strange one, isn't it? It's almost like he took a little while to find his niche. Mm. But he doesn't, it's, it's not that he can only do one thing because like we've just said, he's good in The Matrix and he's good in Bill and Ted and there couldn't be more different. And he's, so, he's really good in Bill and Ted. Yeah. Like, that feels natural and kind of like, you know, authentic as, as far it, as it's And it's cartoony as well. It's, it's not, it's not that it's not, yeah. it's not that it's like, you know, Neo, he's quite still, he's quite withdrawn. John Wick, you know, solitary man who's, live this life of killing people. Bill and Ted, goofy teenager. Mm. So, I don't know. You could do a whole dissertation on on the career oh, yeah. of Keanu Reeves, couldn't oh, you? Oh, you could, you could. So was there anything <laughs> else? Was there anything else? Um, so I wasn't always 100% clear on what was going on, basically, yeah. on kind of who was who, what was what, who wanted what, um, why certain things were happening, why certain people were after Johnny, or, or why Jane was helping him in the first place. Um, you know, who exactly the bad guys were. Because I, I think maybe that does a little bit come down to maybe the fast, like how fast paced it yeah, was. Yeah. And it's like you're not given the time to sort of digest and to kind of get to know particular characters or particular locations in depth because you're very quickly on to the next thing. So I was a little bit lost at times. Um, some of the script was just a bit like lacking, I guess, mm. like just quite surface level. I think for for some of the mm. conversation bit and for some the numbers, of the, bit by the yeah numbers, blockbuster sort of thing yeah but it's you know it's it's hard to say with something that is set so far in the future um, <laughs> because obviously they're trying to pitch you know the director the creator the writer yeah. whatever they're trying to picture like well what would life be like like what would people be like in this time and like it is grim like it's a horrendous future and yeah. like you wouldn't want to live there so you know it makes it kind of all it you know it works to a point. And I'm sure if I watched it again, I'd pick up on it all. But the first time round, I didn't feel like I'd got the full story. I, I agree. That's one of the things for me. So when I was sort of like, when you said you didn't, you didn't get bored, and I sort of went, oh, well, we'll see. It's not, it's not that I got bored. I think at times I found it so hard to follow. It drew me out. So that was boring. But it's not a boring film. You know, it's not, no, it's no, not, it's a, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, uh, an art house you know, film with just dialogue in it, whatever like that. Not that that's boring, but you know what I mean? It's not a boring film, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. And it's not slow. I think it's that 
it is hard to follow. Like you say, the bad guys, there's about four bad guys. Um, you know, there's a faceless corporation, there's Dolph Lundgren, there's um, the the guy who is the head of the pharma, Pharmacom. There's his lackey with the big long thumbnail. There's all sorts of henchmen and, mm. and, and Ralphie and other people. So you're not quite sure who's who. It starts with a massive exposition dump. And it's almost a Star Wars level amount of mm. um, words rolling up its screen, yeah, except yeah. it's almost not, um, I don't know, it's 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 not um, coherent enough. You like go into it going, I absolutely know what's going on. And that was quite a big thing, I think, at the time. Again, not to compare it back to Judge Dredd, but I think that starts with a big voiceover mm. and, and words on a screen. It's like, this is the world you're in, and that is a, a little bit better. Um, so there was there was a big expedition exposition dump at the beginning, and then lots of stuff that they sort of character stuff that they didn't explain well enough for it to pay off. Not that it's this really intricate character study. It's 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 a sort of cyberpunk action film in a way. But you know, like back to when I was saying about Johnny having his big meltdown about wanting to be a man who has the good life, and and yeah, I, I didn't get the impression that's what he wanted. It never. It was never like this. Is a man who likes champagne and and living in hotels and spas and you know, and uh, he makes a comment about a thousand dollar a night prostitute or something like that. And and that and um, yes, yeah, so it was a little. There was there was a bit like that. There also, things like you know, he ends up in it with a romantic relationship with the female lead Jane. It doesn't really build it up. It's like they just you know at the end they, they've fallen in love and they kiss and it's almost like well that's what they're supposed to do yeah it just that's what the male and female guys are supposed to do they, they fall in love and it's not like it, you know it's just never like I, I didn't again not that I was looking for realism but it was never like oh I absolutely believe they'd end up together mm -hmm. yeah, yeah 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 so yeah it was it was an odd one wasn't it yeah there's a lot going on visually sort of props wise costume wise very actiony and I wonder if that kind of that took over a lot of the of the character development and the kind of coherence of the story, I think. A little bit style over substance? Yeah, I think a little bit. I think a little bit. The um the dolphin thing was a surprise. That was a bit weird, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, it was like oh, they were like, oh, he's a dolphin that can read minds or talk jo to people. Jones? Was, like, was it Jones, Jones the dolphin? The, Jones yeah, the mind reading yeah. dolphin who they yeah. seem to be using as a sort of portable hard drive. Yeah. Which has got to be Animal cruelty. I feel bad for yeah, the Yeah, just keeping this dolphin in a tank. And, uh, yeah. Also, Dr. Allcom. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a porn name. It does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I get the idea of Dr. Allcom means everyone gets to this one place, but, you know. Oh, yeah. It's a bit... Somewhere else. <laughs> a bit raunchy. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that was in the book as well. It probably is, isn't yeah, it? It yeah. probably is, but in the book... Probably makes a bit more sense, or yeah. you, you know, you're not saying it out loud. But um, was there anything else you particularly didn't like about it? No, not really. And and I sort of I was, you know, trying to watch it with kind of more optimistic eyes, and I just appreciated, like, there was clearly a lot of work that went in. It was the director's first film, yeah. Um, you know, still kind of what what we're we talking like mid nineties and stuff. So just kind of getting to grips with, like you say, the idea of this internet-dominated, technology-dominated future that hadn't quite happened yet. Um, I just thought it was very interesting and very yeah. big and very colourful. There's a lot to like in there. There mm. is a lot to like. It looks amazing. It's got some good action in it. Um, 
it's interesting. It is the director's first film, and I think I read somewhere. I don't know if this, you know, forgive me if this is incorrect, but that he envisioned it as a smaller budget arty film. Oh, okay. And the studio got hold of the concept. Oh. And we're like, we're going to make this the big. You know, oh. there's going to be games and marketing and all that, and they put all this money into it, and then you know, surprise, surprise, it, it, you know, the two ideas clashed. But mm. because really, if you look at this it had the potential to be something a bit like, say, Blade Runner. I was just thinking a bit more Blade Runner. Yeah, again. and it is very Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it did have that potential to be uh, sort of maybe a piece on technology or, you know, the pharmacology industry. And instead it's sort of, there's, a, there's ideas there, but it's, you know, actually, look at all these lasers and look at all mm. this stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I do think it would have worked better as a more kind of art house and more toned down, like more focus on on the concept and on the ideas as opposed to let's get all the props in, let's get all the yeah. gadgets in, etc. So we'll move on to talking about the critical reception. Then obviously before we start, we know that Sam's picked this because um, it falls into the underrated category. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we've touched on it a little bit that we know it, it didn't do that well with the critics. How, how do you think it did? How bad's the damage? Oh, so I'm inclined to like go kind of low. Like I can't, when I'm trying to sort of hark back to other films that we've done, I wouldn't have thought that it would maybe quite make it into the sixes even. Mm. Um, so maybe like a high, go high five. Um, high five. I'll say like a, I'll go like 5.9, like the top of the fives. Want to be a bit more generous, but I I probably would have given it that. Or maybe you what, a little you're, bit lower. you're optimistic. Oh, really? You are, you are optimistic. So, oh. I mean, you're not that far off with the IMDb. On IMDb at time of recording, it gets 5.7 okay. out of 10. Okay. Um, oh, my God. Then we go to Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, my God. Uh, and the audience <laughs> give it uh, 31%. E, okay. And the, um, the the critics give it 19%. 19. Um, wow. I mean, for me, the critics score, and even probably the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is harsh. It's not a world-class film. No. But there's a lot to like in there. What do you think? Uh, I would say that the critic score is a bit harsh. The, the thing is, though, I can see... Because I can see a lot of the flaws with it, but I can also see a lot of the positives yeah. with it. And you can appreciate and see all the hard work that has gone into it. Uh, the IMDb score, I would say, is about appropriate. I'd agree. I'd, I'd agree around then. Maybe maybe a tad lower, but not mm. not way off. Mm-hmm. There's, I think there's a lot to like. I think there's there's flaws, but it's not 19%. I mean, 19% harsh. I had a little look at like what what didn't he like. One of them here says it's not the Matrix. Oh my goodness. And it's like, this is no, not... It, it's not the Matrix. It's not this the Matrix. Is, these... It is not another film. But also that's four years before the Matrix was released. So that must be a more recent... Aye. These are not Review. valid. These are not valid no, reviews to no. watch a film and then go, oh, but it's not this, is yeah. it? And it's like, well, no, no, it's, not. no. it's it's not. You're right. <laughs> but also, yeah, like you say, this was out four years before yeah. the Matrix was. Um, Goodness what else, me. What else did he say? Um, one of them may just say it's a Blade Runner knockoff, which ugh, I can't really defend. Yeah, I can kind of get. <laughs> do you quite, kind of get those vibes? Uh, yeah. Have you um, seen Have you seen Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger? I, that's the sort of where it's like a game show. Yeah. So I have seen it, but not just, for years. Just reminded me a little bit of that yeah. as well, like the way it looks. It's really and stuff. similar to a lot of films, like that you say, like Running Man, 
um, Judge Dredd, Demolition Man. Yeah, even Total Recall. Total a little Recall. Bit. Yeah, yeah, that that sort of way. It looks. What, what, if, what if him says here? I'm going. So it says one of them here. This is Roger Ebert, actually. So obviously he's like, you know, he's a great, he's a good benchmark, isn't mm-hmm. he? The late great Roger Ebert. But uh, so Johnny Newman is one of the great goofy gestures of recent cinema, a movie that doesn't deserve one nanosecond serious analysis, but has a kind of idiotic grandeur that makes you almost forgive it. I'd probably go along yeah, with that. I, th- I think that's an acceptable that's review. A, and he gives it two out of four. So that's oh, you know that's 50. about in line with the. With the IMDb scores, so oh, that's good. What are we saying then? Under underrated? Yes, I think we can go with underrated, and yeah. I would say underseen as well. Yeah. Okay. There you go, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Another one for the uh, another listener suggesting into the underrated category. So uh, good pick, Sam. Like that. Interesting pick, I thought. Um, if you do want to check out all Sam's social media, uh, it's at underscore Sam of all trades uh, on Twitter and Insta. And uh, I believe there's another, there's a podcast available as well under Sam of all trades. Um, get it on, on all your podcast streaming services. Uh, and then give it a nice rating as well. Yeah. I'm feeling charitable. Absolutely. Fellow <laughs> podcaster. Love to see it. Uh, so, Josh, what are we going to be watching for next week? Next week, we're going to be watching... Ned Kelly from mm-hmm. 2003. Okie dokie. Interesting. So. Look forward to it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So join us next week when we're going to be talking about Ned Kelly. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. Uh, uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search for Just Films and That or Just Films and That Pod. And the website is www.justfilmsandthatpod.com. Uh, Alice, thank you very much for joining me. Pleasure as always, Josh, and thank you. We'll see you next week for Ned Kelly. Cheerio. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.